This is Lonnie Beasley, and you're listening to the Ready to Sell Podcast, a show to help you sell your company. Welcome to the Ready to Sell Podcast with Lonnie Beasley. And I'm actually, um, I would consider myself a mud, um, a military brat. Um, my parents met in the Philippines. I grew up in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii during the 80s from 81 to 89. And uh, we moved around a little bit uh, after that, Washington State in the early 90s. And in the mid to the end of the 90s, I was in uh, Oklahoma City. And I was actually in Oklahoma City during the bombing. That was my junior year in high school. Uh, moved to Pensacola during the uh, end of 1999 or mid-1999. Um, that's where I kind of got my college degree from the University of West Florida. And I've been in the Tampa area ever since, since 2002, after I finished my degree at West Florida. I've got three kids, and I'm happily divorced. Uh, <laughs> the three kids, one's in college and the other two at middle school, so I've definitely got my hands busy with that. And I've been a business broker selling companies here in the Tampa area for nearly a decade now. And how I got here, I kind of stumbled into it. Um, and I actually stumbled into the other profession I was in. Stumbled into running an oil company, a diesel plant. Uh, started off as a sales manager for the first 11 months. And then after that, I took over the whole place. And I ran that for four years. The owner, he had another company that was... Um, bigger than the oil company. The oil company, we did 15 to 20 million in sales and he had a company that did about 300 million. So pretty much at the end of the four years, um, he decided to sell and, um, I helped him with that. I helped him find the buyer. And then it's been history ever since, um, where I hang my license with uh, Murphy business sales. We're actually a nationwide company, but our headquarters is in the Tampa Bay area. So I've kind of got the benefit of that. And I've been doing that, like I said, ever since the decade. And, um, what I hope you guys get out of this show is um, I've learned a lot of things over the last 10 years, um, sold a lot of companies over the last 10 years, but I would say I that's probably about 10% of the companies that I've seen. I've actually, I had to turn down probably 90% of the businesses out there because most business owners do not prepare to sell their company. So what I'm hoping you get out of the show is you can learn from me and whether you come to me one day or you maybe want to try to sell your business on your own or work with another business broker, hopefully you're prepared because if you come to me or another broker or you try to sell it on your own without being prepared, it's too late. That's um, either it's not going to be sellable or you're not going to get as much as you want for the business. And when I say not sellable, um, only 30% of the businesses on the market actually sell once they're on the market. That's not counting the businesses that are actually closed down for various reasons. Those are the companies that actually are on the market that are trying to sell. Only 30% of those sell. So I'm hoping that you get out of this uh, some education to prepare your company for sale. Hey, it's Adrian Ma, Indicator Reporter here. And listen, I've worked at NPR member stations in Boston and Cleveland, and so I know the reason they're able to bring you awesome local news is because of people like you. And bonus, by supporting your local member station, you also support us. So if you can spare it, show some love at donate.npr.org slash indicator. Thanks for listening. NPR.
It is December, and we are officially in the home stretch of 2021. Back in January of this year, I was sure that by now COVID would be long behind us and everything would be back to normal, or at least normal-ish. But of course, that was not the case. 2021 was a really difficult, really surprising year in a lot of ways, a lot of indicators going in very different directions. And back in January here at The Indicator, we set some intentions. We set three indicators that we were going to watch, indicators that we said we would look back on to give us a sense of the kind of year that 2021 was. That was, of course, back with my co-host, Cardiff Garcia, who was now off running his own podcast company, and we miss him a lot. But today on the show, I am going to check back in on those three indicators that we set out to watch in 2021. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Stacey Vanek-Smith. And I'm Cardiff Garcia. Cardiff Garcia. We couldn't <laughs> do back. these indicators without having you back. Welcome back. You know, you were so convincing, I almost thought you were going to do the whole thing yourself. I was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, of course, Cardiff, we had to bring you back. We're so excited to have you. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to be honest with you. <laughs> Just buckle in and prepare for a look back at 2021. This message comes from NPR sponsor Coravin. Explore any bottle of wine at any time with Coravin's Wine by the Glass systems, which keep wine fresh so every pour tastes like the first. Learn more and explore at Coravin.com. Coravin. Everything is open. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. Capital One Auto Navigator can help you find a car, get pre-qualified instantly, and see your real monthly payment without impacting your credit score. Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms and conditions apply. More at CapitalOne.com slash Navigator. First of all, Cardiff Garcia, it is so lovely to see you again. You have to give us a little synopsis. What are you up to? So I'm now hosting a podcast called The New Bazaar. And to be clear, that's bizarre like the marketplace, not like the new weird. Although that could have worked as well. Um, it's an awesome podcast. You do long economic interviews. You go really in-depth with people on different concepts. It's awesome. You should check it out. Oh, thanks. And, you know, let's dive right into the data. Let's do it. I can't wait. There were three indicators that we said would be kind of bellwethers of 2021. The first one was kind of a measure of economic healing the amount of money people were spending on services. Yeah, and I I chose services because, number one, that is the majority of the economy. But number two, those are also the parts of the economy that involve, like, person-to-person interaction. You know, when you go get a haircut, that's a service. When you go to the dentist, that's a service. And, of course, you are in a room with somebody else. And if you remember back then, Stacey, I mean, things were rough at the time. Yeah. People each month when we checked in were spending about 7% less each month on services than they were in the month right before the pandemic. So that was February of last year. And according to the latest data, people are now spending about 1% less on services each month than in the month before the pandemic started. 1% less is pretty close to back to normal. Yeah, I mean, I think what it suggests is, number one, the parts of the economy that we were familiar with before have started to return. Uh, But number two, they're not all the way back, right? I mean, 1% less is still not quite the same. And keep in mind that we would expect this number to grow over time. So it's way short of where it would be if the pandemic had never happened. But here's where the, the contrast with good spending becomes really stark. Right now, 
people are spending 17 percent more on goods every month than they were before the pandemic. So it's just shot way up. And I think what it suggests is that, yes, there's been a lot of healing in the economy, but that the fundamental nature of the economy is still quite different from what it was before the pandemic. That seems like normalizing, but maybe definitely not back to normal. That's exactly right. The second indicator that we looked at had to do with working from home, offices. Talk to us about the Architecture Billings Index. Yeah, I love this index because what it does is it shows whether or not demand for the services of architects is rising or falling. And if demand for architects is going up, you can expect commercial real estate like office building construction to be also going up in roughly like the next year or so. And so when we checked in in January, it was in the middle of 11 straight months where the demand for architect services was falling. But now, ever since February of this year, there have been nine straight months where demand for architects has been climbing. It does seem like it's also a sign that maybe companies are investing in office buildings, which was a big question. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, I think what this shows is that workers are coming back to the office, but more generally, there is confidence that like indoor interactions with people will remain a thing that there will, in fact, be a decent recovery in commercial real estate construction. And finally, food scarcity and hunger. Talk to us about what has happened with that indicator. Yeah, so this is called the Pulse Survey. It's from the Census Bureau. And basically what it does is it tries to track in real time whether people report not having enough food to eat within the prior week. And This is a really important indicator, I think, because tracking hunger is tracking something in the economy that really directly affects people, you know, and also it affects the people who, you know, may have been the least prepared to deal with a pandemic. So in January, about 27 million Americans had reported hunger in the week before they were asked that question, and the number was rising. In fact, according to the latest release of this survey, There's about 20 million people now who are reporting having gone hungry. So that's a decline of 7 million people. So that's pretty decent progress, right? If only the story could stop there, it would be a happy story and one where where things were getting better and better. But there's a twist here, and it's about indicators themselves. So there's a second survey that's released by the Department of Agriculture, but that only comes out once a year. And it is thought to be a somewhat more accurate survey. It's certainly been around for longer. And what it found was that during the time when the poll survey was showing that spike in hunger, so that was last year, the year 2020, this survey from the Agriculture Department did not find that there was a spike at all. Now, this happens all the time, like different indicators use different methodologies and they end up showing something different. But what I think we can do is we can look at the things that are consistent with both surveys. And what both surveys are consistent with is the idea that the social safety net in the U.S. and especially the response from policymakers were sufficient to prevent poverty and hunger from going up by a lot. I mean, that seems like a little like a like a silver lining, like a bright spot. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the healthcare response has been one thing. There's been so many people who have died and lost loved ones. But the economic response, I think you're right. I think there's a silver lining there. Uh, It has not been so bad. Well, Cardiff, before I let you go, those were not the only indicators that we talked about in January. Uh, We also had a couple of personal indicators, and I wanted to check in on those. I forgot about these. Wait, what were they? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm so glad you asked. We have the tape queued up. 
I think if I get back to taking 10,000 steps a day, that'll be a good sign that, that things are returning to normal. All right, Carter Garcia, oh talk to me about your steps. <laughs> 10,000? No, I have not. I think I had a nice streak in the summer when it was nicer outside. But no, I definitely have not averaged 10,000 steps a day. And I still hope to get there. I looked at my pedometer before I came into the closet. 61 steps. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken 61 steps today. And part of the reason why relates to my own personal indicator. It is my personal goal for 2021 to not wear my pajamas to work anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I can confirm because I'm looking at you through a Zoom screen right now that you are not wearing your pajamas today. (laughs) Oh, you are wrong. You are wrong. I... What? Well, stand up and show you my pajama pants. Oh. <laughs> These have sloths on them, by the way. We'll call it the uh, acceptance of our authentic selves indicator. Oh, yeah. My authentic self doesn't walk a lot <laughs> and wears pajamas all the time. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. This episode of The Indicator was produced by Brittany Cronin with help from Isaac Rodriguez. It was fact-checked by Taylor Washington. Viet Lay is our senior producer, and Kate Concanon edits the show. The Indicator is a production of NPR. What does it take to start something from nothing? And what does it take to actually build it? I'm Guy Raz. Every week on How I Built This, I speak with founders behind some of the most inspiring companies in the world. NPR's How I Built This. Listen now. So that's a little bit about me. In the next few episodes, I'm going to talk about business valuations, meaning what's your company worth, horror stories that I've heard or been a part of in the last decade, different types of exit strategies. I may have a guest CEO on from time to time and what buyers are really looking for. So right now, I hope you enjoyed this and please subscribe and share with your friends and we're available on all podcast networks. If you have any questions, go to LonnieBeasley.com. 